I'm Ava Putnam, and welcome to the first episode of Homegrown. From the time we are born, our culture and atmosphere definitely shape how we view the world, including ourselves. From our political opinions, to one's own psychological perception, to certain wants or needs, we have all been persuaded by and are the products of distinct world environments. In this interview podcast, we will explore how societal and familial culture can change how we experience things, and more importantly, how we understand our experiences, with a new, uniquely perceptive guest each time. I'm your host, Ava Putnam, and welcome to the first episode of Homegrown. Today's episode is entitled, Shamed and Ashamed, the It's My Fault narrative. Shame is not by any means a light emotion. It may be one of the most destructive, in my opinion. It is the feeling that a certain action committed, that has been dubbed as wrongful or foolish, makes you a bad person. When at many times, we should just feel guilty about the action itself. So when we get a bad test grade, we think, wow, I'm an unintelligent and worthless person. We attack our character morality, and sense of self believing it is solely our fault because we are humiliated with who we perceive ourselves to be. For some, shame is an inherent feeling, one we experience with simple, everyday slip-up. But for many, shame becomes not only self-blame and self-hate in general, but they are ashamed for actions which they did not commit or willingly participate in. And this shame often coexists with victims of sexual assault. In today's episode, we will be discussing shame and experience of a victim of sexual assault, Paige. Paige is 17 years old from a small town in southern Wisconsin. In her sophomore year of high school, Paige was a victim to sexual coercion and sexual assault. Over the past few years, Paige has dealt with the shame of her assault, along with finding a way to cope and understand her experiences. So, I would like to welcome Paige. Thanks for having me. <laughs> the, to start off, I'd like to say thank you for being here and being able to discuss your experiences. It's very brave, and I'm grateful uh, that you are here. Um, so I'm, I'm really interested in what your views of assault before this happened to you. Okay, so before this happened to me, like um, someone really close to me this happened to as well, and I just saw how she dealt with it what she went through afterwards and so my opinions of it were like very strong to begin with and Mm -hmm. so you felt very like passionate about it you weren't yes did you know about any of like the emotions prior like obviously that person close to you was going through something did you understand her emotions through that time um not really because she was very like closed off Mm -hmm. afterwards like she didn't really talk and she kind of suffered from depression and anxiety afterwards so I just didn't really hear much from her and did your family or other friends ever, like, talk to you about that or, like, ask what your take is on it or, like, show any interest? Uh, no, not really. I think that's pretty common for it to be kind of closed off. And, like, what about school? Because I know you mentioned that you went to, like, a Catholic school before in, like, grade school. So what were there? Did they ever say anything about sexuality in general? Um, not really. We didn't even have, like a good sex education class. Like yeah. We didn't 
fully educated. And then obviously with like consent and all that, that wasn't a part of it. Oh, at they all. just talked about like wait until marriage. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's probably not the best approach. But um, and was shame? Did you understand that at all? Just coming from that person close to you that it happened to? Because if she was closed down about it, I could understand she'd feel a lot of shame about it. Yeah, but I didn't really think about that. I don't think like I didn't really like I just kind of saw that she wasn't the nicest and she wasn't like like I didn't really understand what she was dealing with. But yeah, I yeah. So did did the event of the assault resonate with you more, or did did the feelings that she was coming off as did that resonate with you more? So I was like one of the first people that she told. Mm-hmm. And I just remember hearing, like, how scared she was. And, yeah. like, I remember feeling kind of scared. And I was with friends. And, like, I don't know. She just kind of – it was a brief conversation. And then after that, like, whenever I saw her, she obviously was, like, acting mm-hmm. different. And I think, like, probably how she was acting afterwards kind of, like, stuck with me more than the event yeah. itself. Yeah. I think that – I think that's very insightful. I think a lot of people – although – Obviously, the event the event itself is horrible, but what lives with people for the rest of their lives or for a long period of time is like that emotion. And do you think that that person close to you experienced a lot of shame with what happened to them? I think so, only because I know that her parents um, didn't really like understand that. I know she mm-hmm. told them, but I don't think they fully understood like the cause and effect of it, and like yeah, how it happened, and then. Like, how she feels after. Yeah, so you think they focused more on d- dealing with, like, the, uh, like, right after rather than, like, the prolonged? Um, the right after? Mm-hmm. I think they just didn't, like, like, really understand that she was acting like this because that happened. Like, I don't think oh. they even put the two and two together. together. Yeah. I think that that's very, very common, is that even if, if people do tell or they don't tell they obviously are acting differently and there's a lot of stuff they're dealing with and for people not to like correlate those or recognize those it's it's a shame well and have have you experienced shame before your assault um like in school or family probably in like little things like mm-hmm. like obviously if you like study for a test really hard and then you yeah. that, like <laughs> stuff like that but i don't think anything's like comparable because it's like like, it's a yeah. shame where you feel, like, kind of disgusting. And, like and you never, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you never felt, like, it was a completely new feeling. Uh, I mean, it wasn't new, like, the second time, because obviously, like, I'd felt it before, but I don't know. I don't, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, and w- could we get into those experiences? Like, do you mind? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you mentioned to me before that the first time you felt pressured into something was... Uh, like sexual coercion, not assault, but I w- that's obviously horrible. So I, I'd like to talk to you about that. A- any details that you think are important? You don't have to tell everything if um, you don't feel comfortable, but I'm more interested in how you feel or felt. I think like during, it was like a, like, like unsafe, you know? Yeah. Like, like, you had to do this in order to, I don't know, like, not, mm-hmm. like, kind of stuck almost. Yeah. And then afterwards, you feel guilty. Like, maybe I could have done something to, like, yeah get out you of that. You blame yourself. Yeah. And was it, 
you were pressured into sex or just other sexual activities? Just not sex, but other stuff. Yeah. And that's, again, equally as horrible. Um, do you think that the the person that assaulted you was purposefully trying to make you feel uncomfortable? Or do you think he kind of normalized what he was doing? I think he... I think he tried to normalize it mm-hmm. just because I know that this specific person has done it to many other girls. Yeah. Like, I've heard about, um, just in the past week, I've heard mm-hmm. my friend talk about him and, like, five other girls who's yeah. him doing this to. Disgusting. So I think, like, he just, he definitely knew what he was doing. Yeah. And that, yeah. yeah. That's, yeah. like, his thing. Yeah. He just pressured girls into doing stuff. I guess so. And did you feel... Like, you were coerced into doing it? Like, you, there was kind of, like, an ultimatum where you had to do something or something else would happen? Or you just feel like it was really heavily pressured? Like, no, we're going to do this, and you're going to do it. It was definitely that, because, like, mm-hmm. whenever I would say no, like, he yeah. would just be like, no, it's fine. Like, he would try to make it, like... Like, it's okay like with him, so it's okay yeah. for you. Yeah. Yeah. And did that was that part what made you blame yourself more was because that you did end up doing the acts that he forced you into? Is that what that shame came from? Um, I think the fact that, like, my friends kind of treated it like it was nothing. Yeah. And so I felt like I was kind of making a bigger deal out of it. And, like, I think the shame came from, like, more so, like, I felt like... Like the, you felt to blame because you ended up doing the acts mm-hmm. that he wanted, and then your friends acted like it was just a normal sexual experience. Yeah, and I feel like nobody really understood. Yeah, and yeah, that yeah that makes sense. So, you think the shame was a combination of you feeling like you blamed yourself for doing the acts, and you thought that you could have done more to like resist it. Yeah, and or? a lot of people said like. Like, I remember there was one instance where someone said, like, well, it's him. Like, what did you expect? Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. like, obviously I didn't know him before, but I felt like I was to blame because he's done this to so many other girls. Yeah. And, like, you I should have known, known mm-hmm. but... Yeah. Obviously. And did that... Does the shame still, like, resonate with you, or do you see it coming out in other instances, not just when you're talking... When you're thinking about what happened to you? Um, Pretty much, like... I don't know, there's just, like, certain things that, like, remind you of it. Mm -hmm. Like, certain, certain... Like, triggers? Yeah, like, clothes that you wore, like, like, people bringing it up, or, like, his name, or, like... Yeah. And would the... Who are the first people that you, like, told about it? Um, I... I actually texted a group chat, like, in between, like... During that? Like, kind of during... Yeah, and I said, like, please, because my friends were in the house at the time, and I said, like, can you please come in here? Like, yeah, I don't know yeah. what to do. And I went in that room, actually, and they told me to get out because I was, like, making a big deal out of it, but and you obviously. And being yeah. fun. Or yeah. That's horrible. And did do you think that, like, those triggers are when someone blames you for something or more, like, physical triggers or both? I think both. I think, like, there's a lot of things, actually. Mm-hmm. Like, um, 
like obviously like anything surrounding that topic in general like it's sensitive yeah like yeah. a lot of like posts or like mm-hmm. movies even yeah like, i don't know it's actually brought up a lot more than you'd think like, like in, in conversation yeah yeah in a discussion it, like a good discussion about it or oh, no not at all okay. not at all like a lot of people will make like jokes or something like mm-hmm. and it's constant like you wouldn't even imagine like it's like obviously before this happened like i mm-hmm. probably like laughed at some of these jokes too honestly like yeah despite my opinion on it and now like since it happened to me like i notice it probably like Way 10 more. times a day yeah honestly do you ever like speak up about it and say not necessarily say that it happened to you but kind of like fight for it or do you think that does that scare you I think that scares me just because I feel like people are kind of judgmental about that yeah like I don't want them to I don't want them to know that it happened to me or like Mm -hmm. assume that I did just because I'm like speaking my mind on it yeah that makes sense without like a backstory you just want those to be like fair like fair to understand yeah and even then like even if it didn't happen to me or like people Mm -hmm. didn't assume that like it's kind of like you're you're like not fun or something like I don't know (laughs) yeah it's like oh that happened to you well like that's your fault you don't need to talk about that or if it didn't happen to you you can't talk about it because why are you bringing that up why are you take a joke (laughs) yeah 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 and I th- since we've talked about like that sexual pressure experience, you were also sexually assaulted your sophomore year of high school. And would do you want to talk about that that experience at all? I think the feelings afterward or after that experience were a lot more intense than the first one, mm-hmm. because the first one, like, I think I blamed myself a lot more. But the second one, it was like nobody really listened because not many people like believed me, and. If you don't mind, would you tell us the story of what happened to you in shorter and long, just so we can get an understanding of how horrible it was for you? So I'm not gonna like go in detail. That's about fine. Anything, yeah, yeah, yeah. But um, it was somebody that I was like kind of close to at the time, and I really mm-hmm. trusted. And um, I don't know. Obviously, I didn't really expect that, and I think that's why a lot of people didn't believe me because mm-hmm. like. Like, you don't really expect your friends to do something like that. Obviously. Yeah. But I think I think the majority of sexual assaults and sexual abuses are from people, you people know. that you know. Yeah. yeah. And I think that's, that's really eye-opening. Obviously, I've thought about it a lot. Yeah. And, like, looking back, he lied about a lot. Yeah. Like, during when we were friends, like, he would tell stories in detail about, like, specific things that you couldn't just, like, make, make up. up. Yeah. I don't know. And he would, like, show pictures of, like, like friends he had that I found out that they weren't they didn't even know each yeah. other and I don't know it was just kind of suspicious you know yeah and I think that that's really that's kind of that's scary in the aftermath to like feel first of all so unsafe that 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 happened to you but then to feel so unsafe with the person that you let yourself like get close to you mentioned that the first experience was more shameful to you mm. did you think that that particular scenario with you being friends with him and then all this you kind of discovering all these things that were lies do you think that was shameful for you do you think that helped you in any way I think it goes like back and forth like I think Mm -hmm. it kind of helped me because it made me think like maybe a lot of people didn't believe me because he was a really good liar and like I believed him too 
Yeah. But then it also, on the other hand, made me feel kind of stupid uh-huh. for believing all that and like yeah. for letting him get so close to me. Yeah. The thing I th- I know a lot of girls blame themselves for that, but like then you have to always have your radar on. Like you can never be comfortable if you always think that way. That mm-hmm. someone can always do that to you. Someone can always take advantage of you, and con- constantly having your guards up. That's not that's not a fair way to live. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned that after the first experience, you you told people during and right away and no one kind of gave you the time of day or said that it was as serious as it really was and um do you think that affected the way you dealt with it the second time um I thought that a lot of people um weren't really gonna care Mm -hmm. or like but the situations were different and I had like a different group of friends Mm -hmm. and I think it was just like a lot of people didn't believe me but it was just different people this time like okay. the first time it was people that I was close to and the second time it was like people that were close to him okay and did you think it hurt more the first time when no one believed you or the second time um or both I mean <laughs> that's that's okay as well honestly probably the second time just because the first time I tried to convince myself too it didn't really matter like it wasn't as serious as I felt it was mm-hmm. and the second time I just remember hearing people, like, what they were saying about it, and I think that really affected me because, like, they wouldn't say it to me. Or they wouldn't even listen. Like, they just yeah. kind of formed their own opinions. So it was, like, gossip, and people were just... Oh, yeah, people were treating it like it was a conversation topic rather than, like, a thing that happened to me. That's horrible. Yeah. And was that, like, in your school or in your town? Um, probably the town itself, yeah. Yeah. The whole town is just, I don't know, I feel like if something happens, it spreads in a day. five seconds, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And and you think that even though it spreads, because I think in in certain places, I think more commonly in cities, when things spread like that, it it, it picks up more of a urgency, like, oh, we need to help. Not in all cases, of course, and not all people, but I think... Some people will really try and act on that and try and give you support. But this was more just like, oh, look what happened to this girl or. Oh, yeah. People just they don't really care Mm -hmm. or think about how other people are feeling. It's more so just like. Guess what? happened? But what I want to ask you is, did you ever think about pressing charges or like telling any type of authority? I did the second time. Mm hmm. I thought about it because I did have some evidence and obviously I could have like went to the hospital and gotten some, but I think you were too flustered after. Yeah. I think that. And also just because like, this is such a small town, like it's not really, it's not, it would be, yeah, it would be in everybody's mouth. (laughs) And not in a good way or in a supportive way, in a really like judgmental. Do you think you, do you, did you feel shamed by other people during the aftermath of both of these experiences you've said how you felt like ashamed of yourself but do you think that anyone put that pressure on you to feel ashamed like it they like directly told you it's your fault I mean yeah mostly the first time yeah and yeah it was mostly just the first time I think the second time it was just more so like people not believing me but the first time like the fact that people like normalized it so much or kept telling me that it was him, like I should have known that that was yeah. going to happen, I think like it was kind of like 
earth shattering and yeah do you think you viewed everything differently after that happened like you viewed your friend group your school your town oh yeah I really lost a lot of respect for them and I was still friends with them because it's a small town like if you lose your friend group you don't really have anybody there's not very many options yeah I don't know I just kind of tried to distance myself but it was it it was hard yeah did you after the first time did you still uh like hang out with that group and kind of because you mentioned how you tried to convince yourself that it was okay yeah and actually there were times where I would hang out with the group and he would be there too Mm-hmm. And, like, I just had to pretend, like, everything was fine. fine. And he knew that people weren't supposed to tell me that he was going to be there because he knew that I wouldn't have wanted him there. So he told, he told people, like, don't tell her I'm coming? Yeah. That's horrible. Yeah. So he he's completely aware of how he affected you. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And just doesn't care. Is there any part of you now that still thinks you may have caused either of the events? I think, like, with any trauma like this, Mm -hmm. you always kind of go back to it sometimes. It's like if you're, like, an alcoholic and you're recovering and you you still have to keep thinking about it to, like... Get it out of your system. Yeah. Like, you still have to, like, go out of your way to not have another drink or something. Like, sometimes I'll, I'll think about it, I'll go back to it, and then I have to, like, kind of distract myself or, like remind myself that obviously it's not my fault or obviously like yeah and do you think that thinking about it and like taking time to understand what happened to you and how you feel do you think that has helped you I think I think understanding things that happen to you is good but Mm -hmm. if you keep getting stuck on the same thing over and over then you're not really going to move on yeah do you think you have, like, moved on, or do you think you kind of have integrated it as, like, a part of you? Um, I think I think integrated it as a part of me, probably, mm-hmm. because, like, obviously there's some things that I've gotten better with, but sometimes there's still, like, what I said earlier, like, conversation. Yeah. Like, it comes up, or, like, I see things, or... And then it's also helpful sometimes because... Within the past, like, two months, one of my friends came to me because something similar happened to them. Mm -hmm. And I think the fact that it happened to me and the fact that I, like, learned from it and, like, understand it better, it it helped them in a way. Yeah, so you think understanding it yourself, you helped other people understand Mm -hmm. what happened happened to them. Yeah, and, like, make them feel less alone, I think, because I think I probably needed that, too. That, that that's that's really great. I think a lot of people obviously get really stuck and caught up in their shame, which is not their fault in any way. But then they are unable to cope themselves or to help others or to understand any of their experience. And actually, since you seem to understand like shame very well, someone close to me has suffered with a lot of things like this and. For some reason, she came up with, like, this metaphor of shame where she remembered a time when she was, like, on a school field trip in, like, a, I'm not really sure what it's called, like, a poop plant (laughs) where they have, like, like they deal with all the feces and stuff. (laughs) I don't know really what it is. She just said a poop plant. Um, But, like, and she remembers, like, all the, like, boys kind of, like, pretending to push each other in and blah, blah, blah. And she said that 
her shame, and she was sexually abused, not sexually assaulted, but she said, it's like someone pushed you in the pile of shit, and no one knows who pushed you, no one knows that that happened, but you're the one covered in shit, you're the one covered in shame and feeling horrible, but you didn't cause it, someone pushed you. Do you think that, like, speaks to you in any way? It's kind of a an odd metaphor, but I, I really like it. I don't know. I actually really like that about being... It's kind of like you're, like, ostracized a little bit. Yeah. But, like, you're the one who feels it. You're the one who... I don't know. Like, everyone else is just not covered in shit. Like, you, <laughs> you can all see them, like... <laughs> like, you're the one. You're the one experiencing all of it. You didn't cause it, but then everyone's still blaming you. Yeah. And then that makes you blame yourself. And do you think... Because the title of this episode is Shamed and Ashamed. So do you think that, like we said before, like shamed into being ashamed? Like people told you it was your fault and you started believing it? Or did it it, can't, it come from when, within you? Or um, both? <laughs> probably both, honestly. Okay. Like, obviously, um, afterwards, like the first time I came from, I hate yeah. saying the first time and second yeah, time. Yeah, yeah. Um, it, like, came from other people. There was, it was probably both. Yeah. Like, half of it, like, when you're alone, you think about it, and you just, like, keep thinking about it and, like, replaying it in your mind. Yeah. And you keep thinking, like, maybe there was something I could have done differently, or, like, mm-hmm. I could have... And there's like, nothing. what if? Yeah. There's yeah. nothing you could have done. That's not, that's not something you have any control over. Mm-hmm. You were... And then you go with your friends, and, like, they say something that kind of, like, sticks with you. I think yeah. it is both, like, half and half. Like, when you're with your friends, you hear something, and then you go home, and you, like, think about it, and it just, like, bounces yeah. off each other. And that and kind of prolongs it and makes it a lot worse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So why do you think shame is such a baseline emotion after being sexually assaulted? Because we see sexuality as a culture as kind of a taboo thing. So you don't talk about really wanted sexual interaction so it's it's disgusting to listen to when people talk about unwanted sexual experiences. So do you think that shame is such a baseline emotion because people are inherently so unwilling to hear it or to talk about it? Probably. I think nobody really wants to talk about sex anyways, unless like you're yeah. with your friends or something. <laughs> but um, like it's not something you can bring up at a dinner table with your parents or grandparents yeah and like something that terrible like it's kind of awkward like nobody really knows how to respond to that or to approach it yeah and do you think that's why a lot of people don't ask questions about it and don't because I've always thought that curiosity in other people's lives is something that really helps them it showing them that you take an interest in them and you're interested in the way that their their mind works and what happens to them. Do you think that that helps in any way with like shame or do you think that the inherent people not listening takes over that? No, I think when people say like I don't want to talk about it, like I honestly wish that people more people checked up on me cuz at first like I felt like obviously nobody believed me or nobody yeah. cared and I feel like that would have showed me that I'm not as alone as I thought I was. Yeah, that may, yeah. Do you think that shame, like we were talking about before, comes from this stigma and taboo surrounding sexual experience? Or do you think it comes from somewhere else? 
I mean, I, w- I didn't want to be the one to, like, bring it up, obviously. Like, I feel like I didn't want to make anyone uncomfortable. Yeah. Or even though I needed to talk about it. I mean, depending on the person, if I would bring it up or want to talk about it or want to tell some of my close friends, mm-hmm. some of them would kind of dismiss it. Yeah. Or not that they probably didn't care, like, even if they did it just seemed like they didn't want to talk about it because it was such a heavy topic and they didn't want to... They didn't want to go there. They didn't yeah. want to go down that, like, dark path. And do you think that's why so many victims are silent? Do you think it's because so many people are unwilling to talk about it, mixed with their own shame? Yeah, it's kind of... Um, like, who wants to talk about that, you know? Yeah. Except for victims. One in three girls are assaulted throughout their life. But I think, I'm not positive about like the statistic, but I think around half, or maybe more, a lot more than half actually maybe, um, they never talk about it. They never report it. They never come out. Do you think that is more shame? Or do you think it's mixed in with that and with people's unwillingness to go there? I think it's a lot of shame because... I know a lot of families probably don't really, won't really support their child. Like Yeah, they blame the like, victim. Yeah, and a lot of kids, Teens, however old yeah, you are, yeah. like, they don't want to tell people because of they're afraid of the reaction. Yeah. And were you mostly afraid that people wouldn't believe you? Is that kind of your biggest fear? I think it was more so, like, like judgment. Okay. Like, I didn't really want people to see me as a victim. And oh. I don't want people to see me... I wanted people to hear me, but not to see me as, like, like lesser than or to, like, pity me. Yeah. I think that's and a really, like, a like a strong thing to be able to be a, a person. You can't, like, let this one event define you. You need to make sure it's a part of you and you understand it, but it, you can't let it become your entire identity because... Then it takes over you, and it, it probably leads to a lot more shame and pain. I I did not want people just seeing me as the girl that yeah, yeah. was assaulted. Yeah, yeah. Like obviously, there was a lot more depth to me. Like that's just something that happened to me. That's not who I am. Yeah, and know? it's it's more so that they would they would see you as a victim as, of assault. But they wouldn't see you as someone who had taken in what happened to them or they wouldn't go to you to try and see how you are or help you yeah I think a lot of people just see what they want to see yeah like if they don't want to deal with it then they're just gonna stay away because I'm that girl rather than anything else and that's like that ostracized feeling Mm -hmm. and do you think that was really like palpable or do you felt ostracized yourself so you thought other people were ostracizing you I think a lot of people were directly ostracizing me, Mm -hmm. and I didn't feel it until I noticed it. His friends were giving me weird looks, or the first time, him himself. Yeah. So his friends, Mm -hmm. um, one time, this was like the second time, but one of his good friends, um, I was in a room like retaking a test, and he straight up asked me... um, if name um raped me and i like i just kind of froze like i don't know how yeah. i'm supposed to how do you respond, respond to that because it's so not 
inviting to talk about. Like you're not you're not genuinely asking. You're not yeah. you're not interested in what happened. You're not interested in hearing her. You just wanna it almost just seems like wanted to make you feel bad, wanted to yeah, make you feel ashamed. Following that he said, um he said, because he doesn't seem like the person to do that. Like he obviously did not believe he did not believe me and he wanted to like hear like the in quote lies <laughs> that yeah. I was telling people. Yeah, and so he considered them lies. He was like, "Oh, that my friend that that would never happen." Yeah, yeah. And I, why do you think so many people just like truly believe that that person couldn't do it? I think they don't want to believe it. Mm-hmm. Like yeah. I actually just found out recently that one of my close friends um, raped someone, and I honestly did not want to believe it. Like you don't want to see someone that you know so well or you think you know so well mm-hmm. do something like that do something so horrible. you can't imagine it you know and when you found out about that friend did you you said you first like didn't want to believe it do you did you like kind of think about it more and like come yeah, to I understand? i couldn't stop thinking about it yeah because i remember this was one of the friends that i told about my situation mm-hmm. and i was just wondering like what was he thinking when i told him this like was because yeah. he seemed so upset about it, but if he was gonna do the same thing, thing and that's not yeah that doesn't make sense yeah it's almost as though like the world says like oh she wanted it her jeans were too tight blah blah blah, and I think from like what I kind of perceive, guys really like believe that that's a fair reason mm-hmm. that they like your friend he probably tells himself or he may I could be wrong that it was okay because she wanted it but it wasn't okay with your specific situation because you didn't want it even though they're they're not mutually excuse exclusive they're the same exact thing yeah that actually applies like perfectly <laughs> to it yeah because the reason was kind of justified that like from what I heard mm-hmm. and he sounded like so vehemently upset about my situation. Yeah. It just, it wasn't that much of a difference, honestly. So. Yeah, and it, that's, was it scary for you to see someone, like, close to you who helped you then become that, that person that hurt you? Yeah, because that's kind of what happened the second time. Mm-hmm. And if a lot of, you see this in, like, two of my close guy friends, it kind of makes me lose trust for all the guy friends that I have now. And it kind of makes me a little scared. Yeah. You know, like, I want to trust them. And they've shown me that they, like, care about me. They're seemingly, like, good people that... But, like, I really can't tell a difference between those two Mm -hmm. guys and the rest of my guy friends. I think that that, that's something that's really interesting. Because I think the way that victims are perceived is, though, as they're, like, kind of, like, going out of their way to, like, hurt other people... Or that they caused it, and then in the reality is they're they're scared all the time because they they never really know who to trust and who would ever be capable of doing that type of thing. Mm, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, to uh, kind of backtrack a little bit, I'm I'm wondering, did the person in either case did they tell you not to tell anyone? Would did they like outright say, like, you're not you are not to tell anyone about what happened. 
the first time because one of my excuses was for saying no because after I said no, like, I don't want to do this, I obviously, like, I had to make more excuses. So I, one of them, I remember, because he had a thing with, like, a girl in one of my classes at the time. Like a relationship? Yeah. 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 And um, I kept saying that over and over again. Like, I'm friends with... That person. Insert name. (laughs) And (laughs) this isn't right. And I remember he said no, we don't talk anymore. We haven't talked in about two weeks. But then the next day, she was in my class and she was telling me about how that guy um, apparently had cheated on her over that past weekend. And then he, I ran into him in like the hallway and he told me that like, I can't say what happened he said Mm -hmm. that I can say that he was at my house but I can't say anything else yeah and it's like he has to protect himself and that's that's the thing that I think upsets me the most is that so many people assault others boys or girls and then they justify it to themselves and then they say like oh well you're not allowed to tell anybody because that would that would hurt my life and I think that's something we see in the media especially with like celebrities like speaking up or uh like even normal people speaking up about celebrities that have hurt them and it's sometimes it's like portrayed as like why are you trying to tear them down like with um r kelly i know that a lot of people um in the african-american community believe that like all these girls coming out and saying that they're trying to kind of tear down like a a really good black r&b singer and they, they don't make the distinction between, yeah, he was a good artist. He was good at singing. But he also was a d- disgusting pig mm-hmm. who hurt so many girls. And they're, they're not able to see those both in the same light. It's like he's either this person on a pedestal, this king, or he's this horrible person. And they choose to believe that he was this king. And they, do you think that's what kind of happens in schools or in towns? Yeah, I guess a lot of people won't really see both. Mm -hmm. And I think if somebody does something like that, you should, uh, like, focus more on the bad than, like, what they accomplished or they're, like, super funny or super nice. Yeah, because, like, that's how they act. But there's there's a real, like evilness if you're gonna mm-hmm. do something like that there there's something there's something wrong with you oh that yeah, you there's think plenty that's okay. of funny and nice people that yeah. wouldn't <laughs> do that so. exactly and did that him telling you like don't talk about it don't speak up did other people also tell you like why didn't you speak up earlier or anything like that or why didn't you tell me earlier um i mean at least with the second situation because you said the first time you talked about it pretty shortly after because i think a lot of the time victims get caught in a place where um they're too ashamed of themselves to speak up so they stay quiet and then when they do speak up they almost get they get shamed for not speaking up earlier so it's like they get caught and it's confusing and they get caught in this place where it's like you're going to be ashamed of yourself when you're silent and then you're going to be shamed for speaking up that's true. 
Because I think there was a time, like, probably a few months afterwards, mm-hmm. where I had a thing <laughs> with someone, like, over the summer. Yeah. Or, like, a like a relationship, relationship. <laughs> but not dating. Yeah. Like, the before stage. <laughs> and um, I remember it started out as, like, kind of, like, a hookup, but, like, just not yeah. nothing, like, serious. It was just, yeah. like, kissing. Yeah. <laughs> and then... Um, Afterwards, I told them, like, I kind of opened up a little bit, telling them that that was the first person, that they were the first person I, like, got with, Mm -hmm. did anything with um, since then. And then they kind of made me feel guilty because they felt really bad. They said, Mm -hmm. like, oh, why didn't you tell me before? Like, I probably scared you, like, all this stuff. Oh, yeah. And I was just saying, like, like obviously, um, if if I did it, like, it was, mm-hmm. I I was talking to this person. Like, it was completely consensual. It wasn't, yeah. I don't know. They almost made me feel guilty because they felt guilty afterwards because I didn't tell oh, them. Okay. So they felt guilty for not making you, not making sure that you're completely comfortable. Yeah. So then they, like, almost got a little angry with you yeah. for not saying that. But it's it's, like, how much are you supposed to say did they know about like the experiences before then um i think so but Mm -hmm. i don't think they really i think it was more so the fact that they were the first person after the second situation and yeah and they were just they were worried about your well-being but they kind of blamed you for it yeah and they didn't really ask me in detail it was just that like that was the okay complete conversation yeah no, like, follow-up. Yeah. That's the thing. I, I was somewhat, like, taught that asking a, a lot of questions and following up and making sure that people are okay is the best thing to do in every situation. And I think a lot of people are content with just leaving it at that. At You know, someone tells you something, we're going to leave it at that. We don't need to explore it any further. Was it really hard for you as, like, um, a victim of this? Because you felt like... Like, no one really cared what truly happened. They kind of just cared about, like we were talking about with your friend at the beginning, they cared about what happened to you as event, the event. They wanted to hear about that, but they didn't want to hear about your experience. For sure. I think when I decided to talk about it or mm-hmm. if they asked me about it, and we would have a conversation, and that would be it. And during that conversation, they would sometimes ask questions but it didn't seem like it was because they cared. It was just yeah. kind of curiosity to get information so they could uh, tell the next person. Because after yeah. that, like, it was almost like they forgot about it. Like, yeah, they didn't. That's odd. Yeah. Like, they they never brought it up again. Never. They never even, like, kind of acknowledged that they knew. Yeah, and sometimes there were cases where those same people would be the people... I was saying, like, jokes about it, and oh. I would just kind of, like, like sit you, there yeah. and think, like, like do like, they remember? Like, do they yeah. know? Or do they just... Yeah, and it, it's, yeah. it's really, really unaware. Mm-hmm. The people aren't aware of the way in which they kind of treat people, or the way they make p- other people feel. And um, kind of leading off of that, um, from my perception, a lot of um, victims are almost put 
in a place where they have to be the bigger person. They have to be resilient and they kind of have to, they have to rise above and they forgive their, uh, whoever hurt them. And they, you know, (laughs) like there's kind of a a championing of, Mm -hmm. um, victims in a way where they're supposed to move on. They're supposed to be the bigger person. Do you think, I see a lot of issues with that just because it's so much pressure put on to like be that person when you're struggling with so much. Did you ever feel like that? I think yes, but only because the lack of support I had and how many people did not follow up past Mm -hmm. that conversation that I was just kind of forced to move on by myself or act like everything was fine or like not deal with that whole thing in addition to everything else that I was dealing with yeah. because nobody really saw that or cared about that. I felt like I wanted to get out of that place. I kept thinking, like, so it's been about, like, seven months, I think. Mm -hmm. And I remember at, like, the three-month mark or four months, five months, I remember thinking, like, why am I not over this yet? Like, oh, I, yeah. like, Blaming it's been, yourself for yeah, not and over it. it shouldn't be, like, a time limit anyways. No. Like, it, it's not like that. It's, it's just, it's, yeah. How you deal with it. Exactly. And, like, what did help you cope? Like, you mentioned talking, but did art or music or anything <laughs> help you? I think, I think art, actually. Really? Because I had this friend that had dealt with something similar mm-hmm. um sexual abuse actually and we would always paint together yeah like every weekend and just talk and not even about like what happened just talk in general and yeah. paint and i think and so care for each other yeah. yeah and i think expressing things through painting which i like doing before anyways yeah it it really helps me i think when i was with my friends talking mm-hmm. and when i was alone or that one friend that really helped me i yeah. think I think all those things really oh. <laughs> I think all those things really helped me. I mean I'm not saying like I'm completely over it because I oh, don't no. think like uh, yeah. I'll but no one expects you to be. Yeah, I think I think that helps me understand it maybe. Yeah. Or like deal with it better. And a little uh segment that I wanna start um on the show is for everyone to bring in a song that kind of helped them or not even helped them, but um, is specific to their experience growing up or to the, to the specific event. And you picked sign of the times <laughs> by um, Harry Styles. Yeah. And can you tell me like why you picked that? Okay. It's not like I'm like obsessed with Harry Styles <laughs> or anything, but so I was in the car with one of my friends who afterwards like, when I didn't want to be alone because I didn't want to, like, think about it, mm-hmm. um, I slept over at our house, like, on some school nights or, like, a couple nights after. I think yeah. the night after, actually, mm-hmm. I slept over at her house. And I remember on the way to her house, she just hit shuffle, and it's, like, a five-minute song, right? <laughs> so that was, like, probably the whole car ride there. Yeah. And it was, like, the sun was setting, right? And I was, like, I just got back from school because there was, like, an event there. Mm-hmm. And... Um, after the event, I remember telling my friend that story or what happened like the second time. And 
we were both crying and then we drove back to her house and she hit shuffle and that song was playing and I just remember that like it was yeah. just the day after and every time I hear that song it just reminds me of like that friendship support that kind of, yeah support, yeah yeah and uh, uh we're gonna play a little bit of the song <laughs> um <laughs> so uh here it is like that song i'm not a huge harry styles person but i like that song um and i want to thank uh Paige for coming on to the show and talking about this incredibly difficult topic and treating it with a, such like diligence and care and understanding and i really appreciate it <laughs> <laughs> yeah i actually really liked this and i like the whole concept of this like podcast thank you in general <laughs> so thanks for having me yeah of course <laughs> By showing curiosity and care in others' difficult experiences, you can break a barrier of stigma and silence that they may be feeling. Um, take an interest in those around you. Take an interest in how those people tick and try to understand why they tick that way. You may just break that shame barrier and help someone to recognize and own their own story. I'm Ava Putnam, and thank you for listening to the first episode of Homegrown. <laughs>